and welcome back into another Future Sox podcast. I'm your host, Clinton Cole. Brian Billick is off this week. He'll be back uh, with me early next week for a rundown of all things Chicago White Sox prospects. So this episode's a little bit different. It's just myself here tonight. I've been uh, traveling around these affiliates in North Carolina. On Wednesday, I got to talk to Tyler Danish down in Charlotte, and then on Thursday, I talked to our very own our Chuck, Chuck Garfine of NBC Sports Chicago. So those two interviews are what is to follow on this Future Sox podcast, and then after that, uh, we'll wrap things up, and then Brian and I will be back early next week, and we'll talk about these first few weeks in White Sox affiliates, and the big news today, of course, Eloy Jimenez back with Birmingham. So we'll talk about that and all things White Sox affiliates coming up next week. But first, without further ado, here's Tyler Danish and Chuck Garfine. Thanks for listening to the Future Sox podcast. All right, Clinton Cole here with Tyler Danish and uh, Tyler Pitcher here in the White Sox organization. Tyler, last night, uh, three innings, uh, a couple hits, no walks, strikeout. So what was going right for you last night? Um, I think everything. I was just being, you know, I was in the zone a lot, attacking, you know, hitters, getting in good counts to where, you know, it worked in my favor because I struggle if I get behind because, you know, I got to throw sinkers almost right down the middle. Um, and it's not, usually doesn't end up being well. But, you know, I'm on when I'm attacking and balls down and sinking well and just getting ground, ground balls early. What do you like most about playing here? I mean, the atmosphere, <laughs> the stadium, the, you know, the views. I mean, it's top-notch. I mean, it's the closest you're going to get to a Major League Stadium, I think, in all of minor league baseball. Speaking of uh, Major League Stadiums, you've had a couple cups of coffee with the White Sox uh, last couple years. Uh, what's something you've learned up there uh, that you, you're, you're, you've taken down here, and then what have you also learned that you need to work on down here to get back up there? Um, you know, I, I, what I realize is the game's not a different game up there. It's... It's more consistency up there, and that's the big thing in baseball that you always preach. The guys that are great are consistent at what they do on a nightly basis. And I think sometimes, you know, the hardest thing for young guys to understand is, you know, you belong. I mean, you're not there for, you know, just to be there. You belong to be there. And I think that's the hardest thing that it took me my first year when I got called up was to really understood that I belong there. And I think last, last year when I went for that start, I had a better, you know, understanding of that. Obviously, the numbers with six walks didn't look great, but I understood that my stuff plays, and when I threw in the zone, I got outs. Um, and I think that's the thing. You know, every time I've been up there, I've struggled with putting runners on myself and not letting them earn their way on. Um, because I don't, I mean, I haven't given up many hits up there. It's more of yeah. majority walks. Um, so that's something to where, I, I mean, I understand what I need to do, and same thing here. I mean, if I walk guys, I get in trouble. If I don't, it usually ends up being a pretty good night. So what is your preference? I mean, do you like starting games? Is that something you prefer? I mean, I like it. Anywhere you can get on the field, right? I mean, but like I said, I mean, I'm trying to get back and and be there and help this team whichever way I possibly can because, like I said, I've always said I want to be a part of this rebuild. Um, You know, I don't want to go anywhere else. I want to stay here the rest of my career as long as I possibly can. If I'm lucky enough to do that, then great. Um, But I want to be a part of this no matter what, whatever role that could be. You mentioned the rebuild. So you've been a part of this organization for a while and uh, some pretty slim years in terms of the farm system. But now you fast forward here to 2018, the third best system according to the MLB pipeline. Mate, what's that like? I mean, you see some exciting things. You know, spring training was it was a young camp. I mean, definitely there were some veterans in Shields and Soria and at Avalon and guys who had time. Even here there's a veteran, you know, presence with Gomez and Cedeno and Ross. And, you know, but it's a it's a fun group and it's a fun group up there and everyone meshes. I mean, that clubhouse in spring training was like we played together for 
the last five years, which, you know, I think uh, Ricky's done a good job of making that uh, the main priority is, you know, we play for the White Sox more than we play for ourselves, and everyone's bought in, and, I mean, you can see the up there they have fun doing it, and here we have fun having, you know, every day together, and I think that's a big thing, and every team I've been on that's been good, it's been team chemistry was, you know, top of the line, and I think that's what we got in this organization. Last thing for you. What's, what's your what's your favorite part of being part of this organization? You know, just just everyone treats you like family. I mean, this is, you know, everyone's treated the same. Everyone's, you know, looked at the same, and, and it's it's fun. You know, these guys are my family away from home. We, you know, in off season we play video games constantly together, yeah. constantly in touch. And when new guys come in, you know, they acclimate really well. And I mean, we got a new team this year. I think there's only four guys that were here last year, but it already feels like these guys have been with us for for years. And you know, it's just a very fun. It's enjoyable to come to the ballpark every day, knowing you got guys that you, you know, almost treat like family, and you know, love being around them constantly every day. All right, thanks, Tyler. Appreciate it. Thank you. Welcome back to the Future Sox podcast. With me now on Skype, Chuck Garfine of NBC Sports Chicago joins me. Hosts the White Sox pre and post game live at NBC Sports Chicago and the White Sox Talk podcast, but most importantly. A big Sox fan. Chuck, thanks for joining me today. Hey, it's great being on with you, Clinton. The, uh, we were talking uh, before, we, before we started, um, a lot of eyes on the Sox minor league system, maybe more so than uh, on the major league roster at this time. And there are a few guys on that major league roster that are considered you know, cornerstones, cornerstones of this rebuild. And uh, before we get to the minor league side, I want to ask you about those guys, Ronaldo, Ronaldo Lopez, Lucas Giolito. And, of course, Yohan Moncada and, and some people think Tim Anderson, too, Anderson leading the league in stolen bases. I wanted to get your thoughts on those guys first. Well, I guess I'll start with Moncada because he's coming on the game that he had on Wednesday. And, you know, he's – I think that was maybe his best game I've seen him play. Uh, he had a game last September, I think it was, where he, he scored five times. But I think we saw, like, the full arsenal of what Yohan Moncada can do in one game. He had a grand slam – he got, a, I think it was a double. He got a stolen base and made two amazing plays on defense in clutch situations, one in the ninth and then again in the tenth. And, you know, I, it, 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 the spotlight is so on him. And when he got off to that rough start, and you know, it's only been a few games where he's actually been on fire, and that's been great to see. Uh, it's just good to see, you know, there, there, there's, been, there's a lot of people who have been kind of frustrated that, you know, he's not this finished product in the major league. Right. But people have to remember that he's 22. And when you see what he's capable of in the last few games, and specifically on Wednesday, that should, I would hope for a lot of White Sox fans, give you hope that, you know, this great things potentially could be ahead for him, and we're seeing it. And I think as time goes on, we're going to see more and more of those kind of games, and these, you know, big slumps that he can be in will be smaller and smaller as time goes on. Lopez... He right now is the ace of the staff. He's pitching like it. He's the best starter they've got right now. And um, he kind of flew under the radar, I'd say, this offseason and in spring training. There's more of a focus on Kopech and Giolito. And not much was really said about him. And, I mean, he's just got lights out stuff. And his walks have been kind of up. But when you can strike out ten guys, I think you can walk – you know, four. You know, Nolan Ryan used to, like, strike out 12 guys and walk five or four guys. But, you know, when you've got that kind of stuff, 
I'd like, I'm sure he'd want to keep the walks down, but the strike the strikeouts and the stuff has been so good, it kind of uh, minimizes a little bit of that that lack of control for the time being. Uh, who else did you want to know about? Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson, yeah, and Giolito, yeah. Yeah. So, well, uh, and Giolito, you know, he he's basically been throwing one pitch. Yeah. Effectively, uh, he the his last start that was actually the second half of that start was the Giolito that I think the White Sox want to see more of. He was able to throw the curveball, and, and he was pretty dominant in that regard. But let's see what he does. He's now going to face the Astros, I believe, on Friday. And it's not Friday, Saturday. And they haven't announced it yet as we're talking here. But uh, let's see how he does there. But uh, Tim Anderson, you know, he, he's got the stolen bases. He's got the walks. His defense has been a disappointment. I'm finding that when the ball is hit to him, it's uh, that seems to be his biggest issue. When uh, he has to move the ball, he's great, but I mean, he's made some tough... He's, yeah, he's got a couple of tough errors so far, but I think he'll come out of it. And, you know, when he drove in the run to tie the game in the ninth inning on Wednesday, that was his first RBI since April 3rd. So he uh, had gotten uh, up to a great start hitting-wise, you know, but then you know, so there's, with Tim, there's been some good and some bad and some, like, what's going on there? So it's still a little early, but I, I'm, I'm hopeful that, you know, he'll be able to hit a little more consistently and uh, drive in some more runs because uh, he went a long time without doing that. So I think I answered all those, yeah. didn't I? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, Chuck Garf out of NBC Sports Chicago uh, with me here on the Future Sox podcast. Uh, big news, you know, yesterday, Eloy Jimenez back in action tonight with Birmingham. We're recording this on Thursday, so uh, back in action tonight with Birmingham. Uh, you want me to predict what's going to happen? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> all right, three home runs. Let's okay. Go ahead, three home runs. Three home runs, all of the light tower variety? Yes, and all in the first inning. And oh, all wow. in one at bat. So there's going to be some unprecedented stuff happening with Eloy tonight. I think, I think if I think if he doesn't, I think fans are going to be upset, kind of like with the Moncada thing. But but I mean, he's back from that strain pack, and along with Michael Kopech, we'll ask you about in a second, and probably Luis Roberts, uh, Jimenez. I mean, he is he is expected to be hitting three or four in this lineup for the next five, six, seven years, eight years. Oh, you know, I mean the White Sox lineup. Yeah, yeah, White Sox lineup. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's you know, it's just a waiting game with him and. Just knowing uh, what I know about him and seeing what I've seen from him, I, I, I would be surprised if he had any kind of struggle to the point where they're like, you know, by the end of the year, the Sox are like, nah, we don't feel like he's ready. I think he's going to really, I mean, we saw even last year what he did in Birmingham in about 18 games. You know, he had like three home runs, seven RBIs, batted 350. I think we're going to see more of that. And you know, I think Sox fans will be uh, very excited to see him play. What I my biggest concern is that I want to watch him play, and you know, I think he's going to play in Jackson tonight. And I looked at the on MILB TV what the camera looks like in Jackson, and I think a five year old's running that. <laughs> It's, it's very, like, yeah, I, I was very upset. I was trying to watch it the other day, and basically they they, they kind of have a camera showing most of the field, but the guy's not really manning it all the time. So you'll see a guy hit a ball, 
and then he'll leave the shot, come back in the shot <laughs> as he's rounding second base, and then he leaves the shot going to third. I was very upset. I'm like, they better fix this by the time Aloy Jimenez makes his debut for the season in Jackson. But anyway, that's just you know my issue. But anyway, I, I'm excited to watch him play. I think Sox fans have been waiting and waiting, and we'll see how long he's in Birmingham. Uh, I'm hopeful that he can get to the big leagues this season because I think he's ready for it. Another guy that uh, a lot of people think is ready, Michael Kopech. I was down in Charlotte on a Saturday night to see him pitch and talk to him after the game and stuff. And he said, you know, obviously it's no secret with him. His changeup is what he needs to work on the most. And what impressed me, you know, the most talking to him was he knew exactly when he threw his changeup during that game. And he knew the same guy hit it twice off of him. And it's just with a lot of these guys, you know, they've all have the they've all had the physical gifts growing up. They've always been the best player on their team. I mean, Kopech is one of the best pitching prospects in baseball, but he also has it, you know, between the ears, and that's so important. Yeah, and you know what? There's uh, I think I've said this before. There is some kind of you know genetic or some kind of like chromosome that all a lot of these prospects seem to have, and they. Uh, they're, they're not just great athletes, but they've got great minds for the game. And Kopech is one of them. I mean, when you talk, I mean, you've come across a lot of these guys. Don't you feel like they just kind of get it? There's more than just the physical tools. They can verbalize what they want to do. They're very mature for their age. And uh, Kopech, you know, if he was to look at his life, he kind of, you don't, you, don't, you don't really know where your life is going to go, where your career is going to go, but he knows where he wants it to go and what he needs to do to make it all happen. And, you know, it's, it's almost a way, like, it's almost like it's, it's very calculating. Like, he really thinks through every at-bat, every game, every pitch, and he uh, is very much dialed in into what he needs to do, and he wants to be great, just like Eloy Jimenez. I mean, Eloy Jimenez flat out has said, I want to be as good as Mike Trout and Miguel Cabrera. And, you know, they have the, the potential to be that great. So, um, you know, so Kopech pitches Friday, I believe, uh, at Indy. So, uh, I, you know, we'll, it's, it's a game-by-game game situation with him. And, you know, I think, uh, like Jimenez, I think he wants to bang down the door and get to the big leagues as quickly as he can. What do you think is a, a realistic timetable for him then? You know, I, the Sox won't even, you know, bring up a possible timetable, right. um, and they want to be patient with him. And but a lot of it, 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 a lot of it is really how he pitches. And so far, I think the results have been really good. They're looking at the change up, and um, you, know, you can't see what ha- the things that happen on the major league roster. You can't say, oh well, now that will lead to Kopech coming up sooner or later. But um, my belief is that. Say he pitches really good, three, four more starts, and there's an opening. Uh, I mean, I could, you could see him come up as early as late May, but June feels right to me. Okay. June just feels like the right time, and that's just me kind of throwing that out there. But you also have to see how he pitches. You know, he, he's had two good starts. What if he has a few bad ones? Well, then right. that's not going to be the right timetable for him. But as we sit here right now, that's kind of how I'm feeling. The other thing you mentioned uh, post game was, you know, he wants to work on going deeper into games. His first outing went four innings, and then uh, Saturday he went six. So, you know, I think I don't think he's going to be throwing 110 pitch complete games anytime soon. But you know, he wants to get into that seventh inning and you know feel, you know, feel feel ready, I guess, for for the big leagues. Yeah, and, 
you know, there's also an inning limit. I mean, there's only so many right. innings they're going to let them throw here anyway. So um, I think White Sox fans just need to be patient. And, you know, and, and for, you know, White Sox fans who watch and see this team, you know, and they're struggling record, they're 4-11 as we tape this, you know, it's uh, the key, even though there were some optimistic, and I was being optimistic. I'm like, hey, why, why can't this team win 80 games here in 2018? And maybe that could have still happened, but I think at the end of the day, you just want to see these young guys excel. Uh, major leagues, minor leagues, and we're seeing signs of that, and that's that's really encouraging to me. Another thing uh, Sox fans will get a look at here soon, I know Luis Roberts, who's with the Dash on um, their first home stand and on their weight of their first road trip, but I believe he's headed to, to Arizona to get some work in. That cast was still on his arm last time I saw him on Sunday. But as far as what I've been told, they're looking at a mid-May return for him in Winston-Salem. And that's, I mean, that's another guy with just unlimited potential. I know. Sometimes I want to do, like, the pre- and post-game shows for the Winston-Salem Dash. <laughs> I mean, that is a, an exciting team to watch. And uh, I, I just you think about that outfield that they're going to have of, well, Adolfo's not out there because he's DHing. But right. um, I mean, when you got Pasabe and Robert, you know, it, it's uh, you know, there's they're going to be that, that's a team I, I, I'm very interested in watching, and it's just and guys are you know being pleasant. There's some pleasant surprises there. Luis Pasabe uh, is really coming into his own this own this season, and you know we have to wonder how long he's going to be down there. I just feel like. A lot of those guys, I think the Sox kind of were conservative in their uh, placement of a lot of players like Dane Dunning. I mean, Dylan Cease, you know, was he was in Kannapolis last year, and now he's look what he's doing in already in Winston-Salem. So I uh, I am curious to see how a lot of these guys. It's April, it's early, but I'm very curious to see the trend if a lot of this. What's going on in Winston-Salem can continue throughout the season. If it's in August and these like six, seven, eight guys in Winston-Salem are all having these kind of years, I mean, what that does for the White Sox rebuild going forward. I know it's the minor leagues, but um, you know, you don't, you don't want it to be a kind of a flash in the pan kind of. Oh yeah, they got off to a hot start and then they just struggled the rest of the way. If all these guys are having these kind of seasons. I think that really will um, strengthen the rebuild. And in some way, possibly uh, speed things up if uh, that's the course that these guys are going to be taking for their careers. You mentioned Cease. You mentioned Dunning. We talked about Dolfo, Basabe, Rutherford, <laughs> and then Jimenez and Kopech, of course. And then you've also got Alec Hansen, who's he's coming back soon. Are there any other? Are there any other guys that you know maybe the the average White Sox fan may not know about that that you're kind of keeping an eye on as well? Hmm. I want to do. I do want to bring. Well, there's Sebi Savala. Right. Sebi Savala, who I think fans are starting. I mean, if you're a diehard fan and really um, following the rebuild, you might know him. But you know, there's been so much focus on Zach Collins and his catching, and he was obviously number one pick. Savala has been a little under the radar, and he's off to a great start hitting wise. And the scouts say like this: this he's got the hitting tool. It's there, and so. It'll be interesting to see what happens going forward with him and Collins, who's off to a rough start hitting-wise. I know he's made a little, he's working on a little adjustment with his swing, and he um, 
got the walks. He does have the eye, but he's you know batting under a hundred, so hopefully right. he can get better. But um, but I'd say Savala. I, I, and I don't know too much about him in terms of. I, mean, I haven't seen a lot of him, right. so I'm curious myself to uh, to watch him this year and see how he progresses. So I would go with him. But there's there's a lot of guys. There's so and, many you know, guys, I, yeah. There's so many guys. <laughs> it really are. Um, and uh, oh, and then um, oh, what's Burr's what's Burr's first name uh, with Birmingham? Um, reliever. Uh, hmm, I don't know why it skipped me, but anyway, he's a guy who actually might be able to make it up to the majors this year. Uh, he's got lights out stuff, and it's up to a good start. He's, he has a zero ERA right now, and um, I'm watching him too. Chuck, last thing I've got for you before we let you go. Um, the Sox have the fourth pick here in the draft. Um, you know, in the first, I, I think mock drafts that come out in January are very foolish because you've still got you've got your whole college season, your whole high school season to go. And I guess Fangraphs just put out their second mock draft or whatever, and I guess only one of their top five is still the same or something. And right now they've got yeah. the – yeah. <laughs> it's like I don't, I don't understand why they do I mean, you got a good idea. You, you knew Brady Singer was going to be up there, but I guess he's falling back. But what they have now is Travis Swaggerty from South Alabama, the outfielder. Uh, do, you, do you think the White Sox, given where they are right now in this rebuild, would go for another college arm, a college player, or do you think they'd take the high school route? By the way, it's Ryan Burr who's the uh, reliever for the right. Ryan Burr, yes. Uh, you know, as I'm, I'm just trying, I'm trying to look through the looking glass here. I think the White Sox want just on the surface. I think it would make sense for them to spread out this rebuild. Okay. What I mean by that is, don't choose someone in college because then you're just gonna like, where's that guy? Gonna, your number one pick. Where are you gonna slot him? Um, you know, in the future, like how if he's gonna be like. I mean, like, first off, they're not going to take an outfielder. I'd be shocked if they took an outfielder. That wouldn't make any sense, would it? I mean, that's ridiculous. Make any sense. But, they, but then it's like, oh, it's the, you know, best uh, available player. It sounds like the Bears. Up being an outfielder, would they really do that? Right. Um, you know, I, I'd li- I, I kind of feel like they would take a high schooler. Like, let's, let's extend this rebuild, so to speak, out five, six years or four years, so you get a high schooler who's 18 or 19 who's got a tremendous upside and they really, really like, so that, you know, after this wave, first wave, you want these, you want this to come in waves, and you've got the number four pick, get a high schooler. And so you, so in five years, or whatever that time frame is, you've got this guy who's 22 now, and he's, you know, amazing. That's your dream. And you can slot him in somewhere. Um, so that's why I feel like high schooler seems to make sense. I'm not going to start the guessing game of no, who it yeah, might be yeah. or what position, but just on the surface, it just feels like that would be the, the the more calculated way that they would go as a high schooler. You got time for one more? Yes. Avi Garcia, Matt Davidson, Jose Abreu. Are they on this team in 2020? Uh, I don't think Avi Garcia is. Um... Matt Davidson, I can answer that question after this season. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because I, I'm impressed. I really am impressed with him. You know, I, I had my doubts. Um, I mean, if you looked at the strikeout to walk ratio, that just you, you can't from last year. That is a, a deal breaker. You cannot yeah. be a major leaguer with that. You can't. And the White Sox have a luxury, if you want to call it that, of right now of you know we're rebuilding. We can let's roll out Matt Davidson again and see what he can do because we don't need to be like you know winning right now. It's the same thing with Carson Palmer. Let's see what he can do, 
and he has improved his strike zone so far immensely. Now he's still batting like 210, 220, and that's not good. But you know, uh, there's there's I, I'm seeing more there, and so he could potentially be a part of this future. I see what Jose Abreu brings to this team and this clubhouse, and you know what? If he continues to be a, a hitter, sign him. I mean, I, I, I'm pushing for I want right now. I'd sign him to an extension if it's me. I agree. Um, but that's just me. Right. And I mean, I think that's what the value that he has, and he's you know, he can he's improved defensively. I'm not saying sign him to a five-year deal, but you know, I think if, you, if they don't bring back Jose Abreu, then they're looking for a Jose Abreu. Uh, maybe a younger version, but he's not that person's not going to have the. the it's going to. Uh, he's not going to carry that the weight that he had carries in that clubhouse. He just means too much. And as long as he's still capable and he's still hitting, and you know, I and I think he will. I he should be here in 2020. All right, Chuck. Thanks for your time, man. Uh, we didn't even talk about Jake Berger. So I mean, these there's they've got so many guys. I mean, that's how you do it. I, I mean, obviously the top 15 guys aren't going to all make it. So you've got to have the, right. the depth and, and that's what the White Sox and Ray Connor are building. And it's just, it's a nice thing to see. It's been a very disappointing 10 years as a White Sox fan, I guess you would say. So, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, well, yeah. you know, it's, yeah, it's the 2008 yep. get the playoffs. So, yep. uh, I'm glad they cut the cord and then went this direction. And it's exciting. You know, it's, um, you were not seen on a daily basis at the major league level, but there's always, it does seem that there's a consolation prize, so to speak, every day that if uh, things aren't going good at the major level, there is someone or something that's uh, making things exciting, whether it's, you know, you have, you have many choices to go to, where you can find some silver lining almost every day in either Birmingham, Charlotte, uh, Winston-Salem, or Kannapolis, and, and, and maybe Great Falls when we get to, to that season. There's always places to go. So uh, I think that should keep White Sox fans uh excited as we wait for the the winds to come um to chicago but thanks for having me on the podcast absolutely thanks for your time man that's chuck garfine nbc sports chicago he's on twitter at chuck garfine catch him on white Sox pre and post